Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kauli. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kauli, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Vanessa Peters uh, with VMD Investing. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thank you for taking time. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Vanessa is a great partner and somebody I know for uh, a few years now. And uh, we kind of partner on several deals. Uh, she has a great experience of herself investing in uh, single family houses. She has invested in a lot more uh, multifamily projects as well. She has uh, passively invested in 2,500 units so far uh, across 11 properties. And she has also uh, raised funds for uh, in four uh, mutual funds for real estate and different sectors. So um, you want to give us some background, Vanessa, as to, you know, how, uh, you know, you came from a, a medical field. You still uh, are a doctor. You practice full time. Uh, but real estate is uh, such a passion of yours. Uh, could you maybe kind of give us some background and kind of uh, relate to your real estate story as well? Oh, absolutely. Be happy to. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I have always loved real estate. And uh, I know I, I wonder if I would have been full time in real estate if I hadn't decided to be a doctor. Uh, but the <laughs> truth is that growing up in, um, in Canada, it, it isn't the same entrepreneurial spirit as you see in America. Sure. And mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, didn't know any entrepreneurs. Everybody had a regular job. My stepdad was uh, worked at a coal mine, you know, and he had a job and all that very stable, um, nothing outside the box. So when I got into high school and thinking about careers, I really kind of naively only thought that there was a couple of careers for me, mm -hmm. um, you know, as an A student, I thought, well, I could be a lawyer, I could be a doctor. <laughs> so mm -hmm. sure. I was better at science than, um, than, than the other stuff. And so I decided to be a physician. Um, I also thought that I would be my own boss if I was a doctor. Mm -hmm. Turns out that's not exactly true. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we all work for big groups and, sure. you know, affiliations with hospitals and insurance companies. We have plenty of bosses, right? Sure, sure, sure. So, um, but when I was in my uh, career, you know, starting to make fairly good money, I moved down to the U.S., um, I noticed that my net worth wasn't really increasing as fast as I would like. Hmm. Uh, I was working really hard. Uh, the tax man was taking a lot as well. Hmm. And I thought, my gosh, I'm going to be working really hard for a long time. Hmm. Um, my, um, my, my tax advisor said, hey, um, you know, if you want to retire, you're going to have to have, you know, so many million dollars in the bank. And I looked and I was like, oh, my God, that's going to take me forever to get up there. And sure. I'm already a pretty good saver. I'm pretty frugal. I'm not spending a lot of money on cars and houses. Um, so while I thought I was doing great, I realized after working about 10 years that, um, you know, I couldn't see the benefit of the compounding that they had promised me when you start mm -hmm. saving your money. Where's this compound interest? Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Things were kind of going up in a straight line. There was no like hockey stick or J curve. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at alternatives. Mm 
Mm -hmm. uh, back in 2008, on the advice of a realtor friend, I bought a home um, during the downturn uh, north of me. I'm in San Diego, but this was in Riverside County, which was uh, just half an hour away. I bought a short sale home um, for 225, and um, that has worked out very well. But I didn't know it at the time. Hindsight mm -hmm. is 2020, right? Sure. So <laughs> that was my like first foray into real estate about 12 years ago. Um, I uh, I got some good tenants in there and basically just left it and forgot it um, because the value kept going down because I bought so early in the downturn that the values mm -hmm. kept going down for another like three years. And so I was nervous. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know if I did the right thing. Of course, if I had been more educated, I would have purchased 10 or 12 or 20 of those sure. homes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That were becoming more and more available. But I didn't know better. I was um, getting married. I was having a child. I was busy at work. So I sort of missed the boat on the whole, you know, downturn, sure. uh, except for that one home. Mm -hmm. Then a couple of years later is when I sort of had the realization that I was working awfully hard. My, my, my child was young. I wanted to spend more time with him. And uh, that was sort of like the aha moment that I'm trading my time for money. And sure. I need to find a way to make my money work for me when I'm mm -hmm. not working. Sure. Because as physicians and other high paid professionals, we are trading our time for money. And when we're on vacation, we're not making any money, you know, most of us. Sure, sure. And I wanted to switch that up. And I knew that real estate was the way to do it. So I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad early in my medical career. And mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for it at the time. You know, mm -hmm. I, was, I had just finished school. I had tons of debt. I wasn't going to bail on my medical career to, sure, you know, become sure. an investor, a business owner. Um, but, you know, 15 years down the road, I look at it again. I'm like, okay, this makes more sense right now. I need to start building a business. I mm -hmm. need to start becoming a true investor, not someone who just puts money in their 401k. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I got really hot and heavy in real estate again and um, looked everywhere to buy some more properties here in California. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, you know, in the mid uh, teens, like 16, 17, there was nothing I could buy up here. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing that I could duplicate like what I had because sure. the home I bought in 2008 had doubled in value. And I was uh -huh. like, wow, that was a good investment. Gosh, let's <laughs> do that again. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Sure. So I, uh, I looked everywhere for local properties, couldn't find anything. Then I looked um, into other types of real estate. I, I went to bigger pockets. I uh, went to meetups. I learned what other California investors were doing, which was mm -hmm. investing out of state, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought about it, but decided that I didn't want to purchase a out of state home, like a turnkey, sure. because I don't have any connections in other places. And I wanted sure. to be able to get to the place where they're by driving, not a flight, mm -hmm. too much risk. I'm pretty conservative. So I decided to um, keep looking. I wasn't going to give up. And that's when I started learning about syndications. Mm -hmm. and then multifamily. And I thought, what is all this about? And sure. the more I dug into it, the more I realized that this was a perfect investment for me. Um, I'm still thinking of myself as a passive investor. Sure. So I had said, hey, I have the capital. I don't have the time. Sure. So when I learned about syndications, the, the value that they bring um, to the apartment communities, the excellent returns, the, the excellent tax benefits, sure. and the limited amount of active participation, I was like, this is perfect. I am going to, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. I have found my niche. <laughs> so absolutely. You know, that's, absolutely. that's why I love uh, multifamily and syndications because uh, I, I had capital and I got as much capital into syndications as I could. Um, so that was, you know, that's where I started. And it, I, I totally agree with you. I think 
the whole aspect of you, you know you're working so hard and you know sort of trading time for dollars and things like that that weighs on you you know obviously if you're working you're still a high paid professional but at the same time you have all those sort of trials and tribulations that you still have to kind of show up for work you you still have the stress of liability and things like that you're working like round the clock crazy for sure you know and, and the other aspect that i really love is that the, the challenge that you have are the same challenges like your colleagues next to you or around you have you know so like let's say if you are a main physician at your office you have some other doctors as well who will say hey you know what i love to but i don't have time but guess what with syndications you can kind of bring them on you can educate them in terms of you know hey these are some of the benefits you can educate them about you know what different sectors are available and things like that and, and to your prior point about uh, also that hey you know you had sort of that one lane path that okay you have a limited choice of careers in terms of and on things like that but the moment someone starts to i think look into real estate they start to realize that hey you know what there's just all these other avenues it's just not real estate when you come to syndications you realize that sure you can raise money for funds you can raise money for mobile home parks you can raise money for let's say a hemp oil or perhaps a coal or an etn i mean the avenues are so many that i think someone who has an entrepreneuristic knack can probably go in a overdrive and kind of learn about different uh, phases and i like to always say is that there are not that lot many avenues where you know uh, like adult folks like us can get excited but real estate and syndications is one where you can explore a lot and still be remain excited about all these different things that you can do would you agree to all of this Vanessa oh yes absolutely yeah absolutely when i when i found out about it it was like some big secret right sure. <laughs> and i and i and i got kind of a little bit upset i was like why hasn't anybody told me about this <laughs> and then i read some books and i was like oh i get it it's because it's um you know it's an exempt transaction from the sec and it's regulation 506 regulation d 506b sure. meaning you have to know somebody to get in the deal and i was like oh okay well that makes sense so right. then i thought i need to tell people about this you know hey, i need exactly. to i need to tell my friends i need to tell my colleagues i'm sure, so sure. passionate about it um and it's interesting you see a variety of responses when you when they're asking you what you're doing you're like oh i'm into this some of them are like really interested. Oh, tell me more. I want to learn about it. And other people are like, "Mm, that sounds kind of risky. I don't I don't want to do anything that's outside the box." Sure, you know, sure, there's sure. there's different folks out there, but there's plenty of people I think that could benefit greatly from these types of investments. I, I agree with you. I think education is what sets you free. And personally, what I have worked on is like changing the mindset or perhaps explaining folks the benefit of it that this is not Wall Street. this is a completely a different path where as you alluded to you have to know somebody or you have to uh, kind of you know know like or trust as we call it and explain them what the benefits are and as we always say is that like once you have education you kind of gain confidence that yes i think i understand this and i'm confident enough to invest uh, so speaking of that vanessa like um when you are sort of you know working with your fellow members and things like that how do you sort of explain them the benefits or how do you kind of educate them about like let's say the multifamily or perhaps what a ppm is or you know just mm-hmm. the, all the other aspects that come with this type of investing 
Well, sure. I mean, there's a lot to explain and it can be like drinking from a fire hose for folks who have never sure. heard about it before. So you really start with a preliminary conversation about, okay, this is an apartment building and it's like a flip, but it's a long flip. It takes five years to flip a building or three sure. years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the, the folks who put together the deal don't have enough money to buy it. Sure. outright and so they need investors and then they pay them handsomely for this so you know i explain the basics of the deal then we get into um you know why it's so good for them and of course sure. the returns um there's tax advantages um there's the you know passivity like i mentioned sure. and there's appreciation both forced and you know natural appreciation sure. we go through all that and um after having many of these hour-long conversations mm -hmm. i realized that i should probably just write a book about it so <laughs> Um, that is what I did last year. So I wrote a book called The Busy Professional's Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And this, it, it goes through the basics. It's basically a primer on syndication. There's a little bit about my story in there, but um, a lot of it is just basics on syndication for folks who are unfamiliar with it. Gives them the definitions of things like what is an accredited investor, what's the 506B, what's a 506C, that kind of thing. What sure. you're looking for in a deal, what kind mm -hmm. of criteria. Um, so I found that to be very helpful in that I can be like, hey, here, you know, go ahead and read my book and then we can chat. It's a mm -hmm. quick book. You can read it probably in three or four hours. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, for, yeah, just for, just for our listeners, Vanessa, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. show the picture of that book again and uh, if you can uh, share the title as well. Yeah, Great. sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the Busy the, Professional's the, Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. If awesome. you go to my website at vmdinvesting.com slash book. There, and even on the main page, there's a, a free few chapters or you can grab it on Amazon as well. Awesome. Awesome. Busy professionals guide to real estate investing folks, uh, the title mm -hmm. and her website, vmdinvesting.com. Awesome. So as we continue on this path of like, let's say educating uh, your investors and things like that, Vanessa, how do you kind of tell them about, Hey, I trust this partner or I like this market uh, where the apartment asset is and things like that. Could you maybe share some, some of your thoughts about how do you vet a sponsor or how do you vet a deal and things like that? Sure. Yeah, it's the most important part. So, you know, when you're um, when you're an active real estate investor, they've got the three T's, which is the tenants, toilets and termites. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. But when you're a passive investor, you've got the three T's, which is team, trust and track record. Sure. So mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that the team is is a good team. And it doesn't matter where the deal is. It doesn't matter what the deal is or, you know, what the asset class is or what the returns are supposed to be. If you don't have a good team, it doesn't matter. None of it matters because sure. uh, a bad team will mess up anything. Sure. So mm -hmm. I always look at the team first. So, mm -hmm. you know, evaluate the general partners of the deal. How long have they been doing real estate? What are their prior track record? What are their mm -hmm. deals? Then mm -hmm. I like to talk to them. I'd like to try and meet them face to face if possible. Sure. In this day and age, of course, it's on Zoom. Um, just to get to my contact and see how they are as a person. Do I sure. like them? Do mm -hmm. I trust them? I get a gut check on that. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if you trust them, if they have a good track record um, and then they seem to work well together, they've got complimentary folks. So, mm -hmm. you know, if they're all like IT tech guys, then that concerns me a little bit, you know, sure. you know, you need different people to do different roles. Sure. Um, like the current deal I'm working with, we've got a super smart numbers guy and then we've got the marketing guy and then we've got the guy who has like the deals, the, the network to find the deals. Sure. So, um, 
those are all important things. The first deal that I did as a limited partner, mm -hmm. I was nervous. I mean, when you're putting up a good chunk of money, you want to make sure that it's not going to just disappear, right? Sure, sure. So um, initially when I was doing deals, um, I would uh, literally fly out, walk the property, mm -hmm. and also do a background check. I would do a criminal background check on the operator, the mm. property manager, and the, you know, any of the, um, the GPs. Wow. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that was initially to get me to feel comfortable doing sure. this. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that so much anymore, but mm -hmm. it's also because this is a small world. And, sure. you know, I like to currently, to, to bring on a new operator, um, I, need a, I need a mutual connection. So Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable if someone, you know, pings me on LinkedIn, I'm not probably gonna talk to that person. Well, I can sure. chat, sure. but I'm probably not gonna give them any money. Definitely not bring any investors money, sure. you know, until, I have some experience with them or I have something corroborated through a mutual connection. Sure, sure. And, and I totally agree with you. I think that relationship aspect of this is so key that you have to know them, you have to understand, you know, their style of investing, things like that. And it, it really does take time. And once you see their track record and what things can happen, uh, I mean, it is a natural connection and you kind of build that trust and you get to uh, say to your colleagues as well that, hey, I have invested, I have experienced this group and here are the benefits and I love this market and things like that. So now speaking of those markets as well, Vanessa, could you maybe kindly share that where are the different markets that you have invested and perhaps uh, why you like those uh, markets for, uh, you know, for various reasons perhaps? Sure. Yeah, most of my uh, properties are located in Austin, <laughs> Dallas, and uh, a little bit in Florida and Phoenix. I see. <laughs> and then most recently, Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> so the markets, you know, um, tend to be the, the larger markets <laughs> with good employment, um, people moving to the area. It's great if there's headquarters of businesses moving to the area. They should be landlord friendly states. Um, that are also friendly on taxes mm -hmm. and as well have um, just positive numbers in terms of the flow of jobs and people coming into the area. Sure, sure, sure. And, and do you like to see like, let's say, uh, of course, as you alluded to uh, in the prior uh, conversation that yes, there should be a rent growth component and things like that. But do you prefer that uh, when you're investing, there should be some value add component, like a good story behind, okay, how they are going to achieve uh, enhanced rents in the immediate future and things like that? What would you say to some of that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm looking at buildings that are in the um, like 85 to 80 to 95 vintage of build mm -hmm. and have good structure, good bones. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to improve the plumbing. That's not going to improve your rents. Right? Sure, sure. The, the renters assume that the place has good electrical and plumbing and roofs. Sure. So you want to see something that could be improved cosmetically um, that needs updating. And there's definitely a value add component. Um, I'm looking at B class properties um, mm -hmm. that could be improved, but hopefully they're in a B plus to A minus neighborhood. Sure. Um, the A class properties or new developments are not a niche that I'm interested in right now, mm -hmm. uh, especially in this downturn with COVID, uh, mm -hmm. which we're currently in, you really, um, the A class properties are the ones that will suffer more than a B class property due to people uh, tightening their belt and kind of moving down into the still nice, but uh, slightly less pricey apartments. 
Sure, sure. Couldn't agree more. And of course, uh, you know, let's say the uh, rental price and the income growth is one component. But as we all know that I think reduction of expenses is another, uh, you know, a huge area that, hey, could we conserve water? Could we add some perhaps LED lights and things like that? So those are some aspects, uh, you know, one of the several aspects sometimes, look, I think the modern trend as well is that, hey, can we have a master internet, like a giga internet of sorts and, you know, bill it to the residents and things like that. Or Amazon lockers is like another huge thing that nobody Absolutely. likes to see a bunch of boxes laying around in leasing office. So, you know, yeah. That there's, that's another amenity. Those are, I mean, just a handful of them amongst the many. And the thermostats, do. the net uh, thermostats and keyless entry, you know, all kinds of millennial friendly stuff. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Now, Vanessa, as you're continuing in your career, right, uh, how are you sort of interacting with more, more of your investor, perhaps, or, you know, doing different things to attract more passive investors to you? Uh, what are some of the things that you are kind of doing? Well, um, you know, I, I wrote the book in the hopes that that would really uh, help get the word out there. Sure. Um, I'm also uh, participating in multiple, mostly online conferences at this point. Hmm. Uh, you know, being on panels or speaking. I've been in Dan Hanford's conference a couple of times and uh, some other apartment investing type conferences. Um, so, and as we get back to real conferences, I'm excited to do that. Sure. Um, also in the medical field, since my, you know, niche is medicine, you sure. know, I'm still working full time. Um, I'm looking at getting uh, involved with other physician centric groups. Sure. And, sure. Um, you know, there's a, there are masterminds, you know, part of a mastermind for investing with doctors and dentists. Um, there's a, a couple of great groups of uh, physicians who are savvy in terms of finances mm -hmm. and getting more involved in those communities as well. I couldn't agree more. I think someone like you who has, you know, high net worth friends, uh, you know, always around you, it's such a natural avenue to kind of be that uh, torch leader and a thought leader uh, of sorts and, you know, kind of educate them about it. And absolutely, that's such a natural um, sort of progression for you. And I'm very happy for you that you can kind of do that and, you know, sort of spread the word because as we all know, I think the power is real. It's just that education component or like having people uh, tell that, hey, yes, this is like a non-Wall uh, Street way of investing. It has definite tangible benefits and things like that. So I'm really happy for you and congratulations for your book as well. Uh, kindly share with the listeners how they can find you, Vanessa, and learn more about your company and different services. Okay, thank you. Um, if you want to check me out at my website at vmdinvesting.com. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn um, under, my, under my personal name, Vanessa Peters, um, also as the business. Um, then my email address is vanessa at vmdinvesting.com. Incredible. So for, uh, for viewers and listeners, uh, Vanessa Peters uh, with vmdinvesting.com. She is a thought leader in the space when it comes to multifamily passive investing. Kindly reach out to her. Uh, she's a great friend and an immense uh, knowledgeable person and always great to network with her. Uh, I am Sakhar Kavle with premiumcashflow.com. 
uh, you, you can always check out various articles, notes, and stats on the website. And we always have great guests uh, like Vanessa on the podcast all the time. Uh, so there are several guests and several incredible episodes that I have personally gained so much knowledge from guests as well. And you can log on to premiumcashflow.com. If there are any interested parties, they can always register themselves and we can jump on a short phone call and understand what your needs are and uh, see if we can help each other out. So thank you, Vanessa. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, having you on another episode as well. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest. <music>